0: I know that is the Undertaker's sort of kind of theme song, not trying to get copyright sued, but that is a song when you think of death or something gone or perished. And unfortunately, we have to say this, rest in peace, Chicago baseball. Very, very sad day, but both Chicago teams, they gone out of the playoffs. Chicago White Sox were gone yesterday after they dropped game three of their American League wild card series to the Oakland Athletics. So sad. I mean, they won game one, 4-1 on Tuesday. Then they lose game two on Wednesday, 5-3. And we're like, it's okay. We got a chance. We still got this. Nope. They drop it, 6-4, season over for the White Sox. You're like, okay, Cubs, still in it. Still in it. Lose game one on Wednesday, 5-1. We're like, hey, it's the Cubs, they can battle back, we got this. Thursday's game two gets postponed, like, okay, okay, no problem, no problem. We got this on Friday. They lose 2-0, over. They scored one run in two games, it's over. They couldn't hit the ball, they couldn't score runs, season over. The Miami Marlins ended the Chicago Cubs' season, it's over, it's over. I know I sound like a defeated, sad man, and I am. White Sox and Cubs. Rest in peace. Miami Marlins, they advance cause they took the National League wild card series against the Cubs. It's just sad. It's really sad. I got emails at work today like no it's over. And I wanted to smile and be like, man, these emails are funny. But a little part of me died. <laughs> dum, 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 Yeah. Like the Undertaker said. I mean, it's a 60 game season. I don't know if this even really counts as a World Series or a real playoff or a real season. There's going to be an asterisk or a, yeah, who knows if it really counts kind of deal to it. It was a fun, short lived season. The Chicago White Sox blew everybody away. Nobody expected them to be in the lead of the American League. For a short time, any time, a long time, nothing. And they were. They did lead the entire American League. They had the national division tucked in. It was theirs. And then the last three, four weeks of MLB baseball, they just choked. They struggled. But it happens with young teams. They don't know how to win. They don't know how to come through in clutch moments. And they didn't. And they showed that the relief bullpen of the White Sox needs a little help. But I'm not mad. It was fun, it was cool to have the White Sox competitive and in those situations to learn. Now if the same thing happens next year, yeah, I'll be way more disappointed. Now they got some wins under their belts. They got a playoff berth under their belt. Now let's see what they can do from here. Got some of the struggles out of the way. Got some of the learning lessons out of the way. How do you take that into next season? That's going to be the key. Disappointed. Sad that their season is over. Didn't make it any further in the playoffs. But I can't beat them up too bad. Because they had a good year. Cubs. They're perennial World Series contenders every year. Get bowed out in the first round. I'm a little more disappointed in them than I am the Sox. They got the people that have been there. They have the better talent. They have crazy talent all across the board. But they couldn't hit the ball for like ever. This whole season, peaks and valleys, ups and downs, highs and lows, and man, when they couldn't hit the ball, they really could not hit the ball. Like I said, one run in two games in the playoffs. Three game series cut to two because you couldn't score runs. You couldn't get on the bags. It's sad. But that's how it happened. They just couldn't hit. When you can't hit, you're not gonna win. So they gotta do something to get that going again. If Chicago Cubs wanna be the Chicago Cubs that we thought they were gonna be after winning the World Series in 2016. We're like, hey, they got Anthony Rizzo. They got Chris Bryant. They got all these players. I'm not gonna say every single name. You know what I'm talking about. They have not done anything with that. Nothing. They have the talent to go back to the World Series every year and just have it. Don't know if that hunger died. The pitching is definitely dropped off. Not as good. Try to get bigger names and they haven't put up the same marks as some of the other guys have. For Chapman, when he left the bullpen, the bullpen has kind of been atrocious. So a lot of things for both teams. They got to put together, see what happens next year. But it is sad. It's a sad day. I don't want to talk any about baseball. At least not MLB style. Rest in peace, Chicago White Sox. Rest in peace, Chicago Cubs. At least in 2020. Welcome to Edge of URC Podcast. I had to get the Undertaker. Dum, 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 dum. And saying rest in peace to the Chicago White Sox and Cubs out of the way. Man, it, ugh, it's so sad. I could continue to do this. But I said I'm moving on. This is episode... 115 of Edge of Your Seat Podcast. I am your host, Brandon LaChance, ready to talk about all kinds of crazy stuff, mostly sports, throwing the special section we like to call Deep Dive every week, picking out an album, listening to it for a week, breaking it down, what we like, what we don't like, why it was made, who it was made by, little insight, maybe why the relevance to me as a listener, I love music, I listen to music all day, every day always got headphones on, always jamming out to something. So we'll break down albums every week. This week is Nas, King's Disease. We will definitely get to that after some sports stuff. And then after the intro is done, special guest, very special guest, LaSalle Peru Superintendent Steve Robleski. We talked pretty much about everything, his upbringing, his career. LaSalle Peru as a school, as a Sports school, the football team, has a brand new turf field on Howard Fellow Stadium, which was one of the coolest stadiums I have ever stepped foot on. If you are in the Illinois Valley and have paid attention to news at all, sad moment, September 26th, last Saturday, there was vandalism to the turf. Two teenagers, at least two teenagers, have been arrested and have a hearing October 27th for the vandalism of the field. There was a fire set to the turf. They are now sitting in the detention home, LaSalle County detention home, awaiting their trial. Hopefully they get a little longer span. Think of what they did. Vandalism is never cool. This is our community. We all use everything together. There is no reason to trash, damage, vandalize things that your friends, your family members, maybe your future kids if you have them, whatever. They use these things. These are very important to all of us. Make us proud of where we are. No reason to try to sabotage that. They deserve to sit in the detention home for a little bit. Obviously not a life sentence, but hopefully they learn from this and turn into positive people in our community. And we'll find out what happens to them on October 27th. No, it's getting a little chilly. We are in October. Temperatures have died. But you know, people are still working on their homes. Trying to get renovations. Fix them up a little bit. Before that winter comes through. Where snow and ice and sliding and frozen cars and frozen fingers. You're not going to get much done on your house then. So we better hurry up and do it now while we still can. And whether it's a light fixture or an entire kitchen remodel, Olson Construction is here to help. The family owned and operated company prides itself in offering family prices with family honesty. Olson Construction specializes in roofing, siding, windows, doors, deck designs, remodels, garage additions, and room additions. Brothers Keith Milus and Tommy Olson have been in construction for over 10 years and are willing and able to take care of your home renovations from start to finish with your thoughts and opinions taken with every step of the journey. For a free estimate, call Olson Construction, which is fully licensed and insured at 815-910-5982. Olson Construction can also be contacted on Facebook at the Olson Construction LLC page or via email, OlsonConstruction19 at gmail.com. Also in court case news, IHSA fell in favor. The court decision as they were being sued by individuals who wanted fall sports to be played in the fall instead of spring. IHSA has divided everything up, moved shifted sports because of COVID-19, trying to make... It's possible for everybody to play and for kids and everybody involved to be as safe as possible. People wanna play now. We do not see an end to this COVID-19 and I understand that and they wanna get on the field. Time is always passing. It is already October. People's senior years, freshman, sophomore, junior years are already a couple months in. What happens if this spreads more and they don't get the opportunity because things shut down again they don't get the opportunity to play be a part of that team have that camaraderie with their peers as they're triumphant or take a tough loss one point on a basketball court as the other team drills a three yes that sounds like it sucks but those are moments you remember forever so I get it, I totally understand why there was this lawsuit, why they wanted IHSA to stop this, to let the kids play. But at the same time, safety is the most important thing for everybody. Sports will come and go, other things will come and go, but our health, our lives, we want to preserve that as long as possible as an individual, as a family, as a school, as a community, as a country. So I get why IHSA fell in favor in the lawsuit court decision. I don't know where I fall either way. Like if I was the judge, I would definitely have to hear everybody's story and still might not have a decision. I get both points. I understand. IHSA wants everybody to be safe. Not saying that the people that filed for the lawsuit don't want to be safe, but they want life to continue as it has been as they feel it should be. We have grown up with things a certain way and now a wrench has been thrown in that. We hate change. As a people, as a society, change is not our friend. We don't like it in general. Any little change to a routine, a diet, a schedule, a mishap with a car, anything, any little change We either freak out about, we get disappointed about, we get upset about, we get frazzled, dazzled. These things happen. And now we have a whole country going through this. And other states around us have eased up on the restrictions where Illinois hasn't. Sticking to our guns and keeping IHSA split up like it has different sports and different seasons than they're used to. Change. We have to adapt. We have to find a way to be okay with it and just try to get through this. So I understand both points, both sides, but I'm not surprised that IHSA, because they are allowing people to play. They are allowing football and baseball and basketball and everything to happen. It's not canceled. It's not thrown away. It's not in the garbage. It's postponed. It's moved on to a later date and time, hopefully where it's more safe. That's all. It's not like they took it away. They just moved it. That's it. So I understand why the judge, the court, ruled in favor of IHSA, even though I understand both points. That's enough of lawyer, court, judge talk. We're here to have fun, right? The LP girls swimming team had tons of fun on Tuesday. As soon as I got done with the last episode, episode 114, I received the box score and the stats and everything, I'm like, I was like, man, I just put the show up. And Thursday show got pushed because of personal things. Had to take a little trip out of town, go someplace, and do some business. Went well, just in case you were wondering. Went really well, actually. But anyway, anyway, I digress. On Tuesday, the Lady Cavs defeated Pontiac 86-42 to in the pool. Junior Peyton Heggie won four events once again. She won the 200 freestyle in two minutes, 7.3 seconds, the 50-yard freestyle in 25.48 seconds, the 100 freestyle in 55.63 seconds, and then finished it out with a 100 breaststroke in one minute, 12.26 seconds. That's awesome. She wasn't the only lady cab to get a victory as Nicole Posavecic with a one minute, 8.75 second time, won the 100 backstroke. The junior varsity team for LaSalle Peru also got the W with a 57.45. Moving to cross country, big news in Amboy. The girls got their first win of the season on Thursday, which was yesterday. Today is Friday, October 2nd. So on Thursday, that was yesterday, the girls won with a score of 30, defeating Genoa Kingston who had a 33, Sterling Newman had a 60, and Indian Creek did not have enough racers for a team score. So the four team, Invitational, the Lady Clippers got the W. Four runners finished in the top 10 for Amboy. Warren Outhouse finished second with a 20 minute, 58.7 run. Ellie Jones was third in 21 minutes, 36.6 seconds. Madeline McLaughlin came in eighth with a 23 minute, 7.2 run. And in 23 minutes, 8.6 seconds, Brittany Mundell came in ninth. Indian Creek's Carolyn Bend was the winner of the race with a 19 minute, 20.9 run And the top finisher for Newman was Claire Crisham, who came in sixth with a 23, 4.4. The boys for Amboy have won quite a few meets, including this one. They scored a 22, Newman a 33, Genoa Kingston an 85, and Indian Creek did not have enough racers for a team finish. But now Amboy is 7-0 and meets with Class 1A teams. So teams of their own level, own enrollments in school, and boys 7-0. Congrats to the boys and to the girls doing great things on these cross-country courses. For the Clippers, Brock Loftus was first with a 1640. Ian Keller was second with a 1657. Kyler McNich was fourth with a 1743. In 1803, Charlie Dickinson was sixth. And in 1816, Wyatt Lundquist came in ninth. So why Ambo had five finishers in the top 10. So did Newman. Newman also came up big. Lucas Simpson was third with a 1716. Ken Boson was fifth in 1749. John Kraft took seventh with an 1815.4. And in 1815.8, Landon Summers was 8. And coming in 10th was Lucas Schwab with the 1828. Congrats, boys. I know it's getting colder out there, and you guys are still putting up great times and getting it in. Good stuff. Also on Thursday, LaSalle Peru tennis had a 5-0 win over Rochelle. That means the Lady Cavaliers are 4-1 in the regular season. And they are off for a little bit, headed to the Interstate 8 Conference Tournament, October 10th. And Girls Golf, on Thursday, St. Bede got the W with a 2.03, defeating Rock Ridge, who had a 2.07, and Barrel Valley, who had a 2.33. So wind is picking up, it's getting colder outside, sports are getting difficult. Actually, everything's getting difficult. I'm starting to be an old man, so it's starting to get difficult to walk. Bones creaking up a little bit. You know, you just push through. Gotta be tough and stuff. We're Illinoisans, right? Or if you're not from Illinois, you know how it is. Temperature, weather gets crazy. Well, if you're in Texas, Florida, Arizona, you're like laughing at us right now. I get that. Point is, things get tough. Everything gets a little harsh, a little rough. Including starting your own business. Or trying to create something new for it. Cause let's face it, a new business isn't a smooth startup and a new product or service isn't as easy as riding a bike either. In the digital world, Jamison Media Services gives that bike new tires, a comfortable cushion, and a motor, no pedals needed. Locally owned Jamison Media Services offers businesses and organizations something extremely important in the technology era, digital marketing solutions. To help your professional endeavor, prosper and stay successful, Jamison Media Services designs websites, produces video, manages social media, and has a license to fly drones for photography and video. You choose the vehicle. A new shiny bike made easy to ride, a drone for flashy, stylish vibes, or both. Jamison Media Services paves the road and clears the skies for amazing digital marketing solutions. Call 815-866. 9352 to contact owner brent jameson also make sure to check out jamesonmediaservices.com we started off the show with the death of chicago baseball it might be the death of miami heat real quick so they lost game one of the nba finals on wednesday 116 98 and pretty much a massacre anthony davis went off with 34 points nine rebounds five assists lebron james one assist shy of a triple double with 25 points, 13 rebounds, nine assists. Now they're going into tonight's game two without two starters. Bam Adebayo and Goran Dragic are out. They're not playing. Injured. Not gonna suit up. So Jimmy Butler is gonna have to score 90 points by himself for Miami Heat to get game two, or the Lakers or going to have to have some of the worst games of their lives for them not to win this game at least. I honestly, I do not want to say this, but I could see the Lakers pulling out the brooms. I could honestly, honestly see them sweeping the Miami Heat. The Lakers are a juggernaut. We knew that coming into the season, more or less the playoffs, more or less the finals. LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Two of the top five players in the NBA. And in my opinion, LeBron James still the king. The MVP. It was not Giannis from Milwaukee. It was LeBron. For Miami to get any of these games, Jimmy Butler is seriously going to have to have quadruple doubles with very high numbers. And I'm not even kidding about that. He's going to have to. Yes, they are diverse. They are dynamic. They have versatility all over their squad in the Miami Heat. Everybody can score. But the defense for the Lakers and their size and their experience level trumps Miami Heat and what they have times 3,000. Look at the Lakers lineup. There are NBA champions and proven winners up and down. Very few people on that team have had unsuccessful or uncelebrated careers. Almost all of them have been in the limelight for quite a while. You can't really say that about the Heat. They have rookies and two or three year of guys. Goran Drogic has been around for a while, but not a top point guard. Really crafty and skilled and all the things you want of a player, but hasn't boasted in the success that most people would want from their teams, probably second or third best player. They have a lot of growing to do. The East is kind of a weak conference. And again, we got this COVID-19 thing going on. We have not had regular seasons. There was a shutdown, and then we got back playing and all this other stuff. We know the story. They're young, very young. Jimmy Butler, stud, all-star, superstar-type player. Tons of athletic and good basketball players around him, but not the veteran winners, proven guys that the Lakers have. So I could honestly see this being a sweep, I really could. Tyler Hero has been called everybody's hero, he is going to have to step up too. He's going to have to have another 37 point game, maybe 47, maybe 57. Him and Butler are going to have to have 150 apiece, or together. If they had 150 apiece, that would be pretty spectacular. Even if they lost that game, which means LeBron James, Anthony Davis probably had 200 apiece, but that would be pretty crazy. That's better than video game numbers. Before we move on from the NBA Finals, I gotta point this out there. I saw this graph about LeBron James and what he has done in the NBA playoffs through his 17-year career. Just insane. When you're talking about NBA, you're talking about so many crazy, amazing names. Of course, we start with Michael Jordan whether you're in Chicago or the Chicago area. Pretty much all of Illinois, Iowa, Indiana, Michigan. We all remember Michael Jordan, and we'll never forget him. And then the list is long. Shaquille O'Neal, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Dr. J, Hakeem Olajuwon, Patrick Ewing, Bill Russell, Wilt Chamberlain, Pete Maravich, Oscar Robertson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Carl Malone, John Stockton, Clyde Drexler, I could go on and on, And on, and on, and on, and on, and on. LeBron James numbers in the postseason. First in minutes. First in points. First in wins. First in steals. Second in three-point field goals made and triple-doubles. Third in assists. That's insane. That's pretty much every category except blocks, rebounds. Pretty much everything else. The man is in the top three in everything in postseason. Insane. I still will never say he is the GOAT over Michael Jordan. I will never say that. But what he has been able to do in basketball and in the NBA is amazing. It is definitely amazing. I am glad that I've got to see every year of his career. It has been fantastic. One word, fantastic. Or if you want to add super fantastic in front of it or me trying to make, create my own words, fantabulous. I say that all the time. It is crazy awesome what LeBron has done. What is also crazy awesome is staying in shape or getting in shape. We want to feel good about ourselves, right? Well, since 2015, LP CrossFit has been offering something unique to the Illinois Valley. A customized way to get in shape while having fun. Whether you're new to exercise or an experienced athlete, LP CrossFit is the right place for you. LP CrossFit is a diverse community with a culture focused on fun and hard work. All members know each other's names and support one another during workouts. LP CrossFit will help you reach your goals and get into the best shape of your life. LP CrossFit offers a weekly schedule of classes for every fitness fan, whether you want to dial up the intensity or take a more relaxed approach. LP CrossFit's trained coaches tailor each and every workout for every athlete in every class. CrossFit classes are programmed with a mixture of body weight, gymnastic, barbell, and other movements to build strength and endurance. All small group classes are coach-led, and all movements are infinitely scalable, so they can work with any fitness level, injury, or mobility restriction. Check out LP CrossFit on Facebook, online at lpcrossfit.com, or in person in the Peru Mall across from Secret Nails. You'll never have so much fun while getting so fit. Talk some MLB. Talk some NBA. Of course, we got to talk some NFL. On Thursday, the Broncos, Denver Broncos knocked off the New York Jets. Actually, stopped them from a comeback. Broncos won 37-28. Not going to dive into too much here. Of course, our next episode will be after the Bears game. We'll break that down, of course. Talk about our Chicago Bears. But let's go over my picks see where my picks match up with yours in the future got some things going on where we might add some flavor to nfl games and weeks and picks and all that fun stuff but for right now let's do it this way first i did pick the broncos over the jets if you don't believe me that's okay i don't know what to tell you but i did pick them to win of course we have the indianapolis colts at the chicago bears i went bears Jacksonville Jaguars at Cincinnati Bengals. I went Bengals. Cleveland Browns at Dallas Cowboys. Going with the boys. New Orleans Saints at Detroit Lions. I'm going Saints. Seattle Seahawks against the Miami Dolphins. Rocking with Russell Wilson and crew, the Seahawks. Los Angeles Chargers at Tampa Bay Buccaneers. My pick is with Tampa. Baltimore Ravens at Washington football team the worst name I have ever heard of Can't believe they did that in Washington. I know they were sad that the Redskin name had to go and they needed something different But football team couldn't even think of nothing more clever than football team. Ugh. I Pick the Ravens. I don't think I'm gonna pick Washington all year to be completely honest with you Arizona Cardinals at Carolina Panthers. I'm rocking with the Panthers Minnesota Vikings at Houston Texans, sticking with NFC North squad in Minnesota, New York Giants at the, I almost said St. Louis Rams, but we'll go Los Angeles Rams instead, going to pick the Rams. New England Patriots at Kansas City Chiefs, I'm going with Patrick Mahomes, pretty much against everybody this season. After what they did to the Ravens on Monday, I'm going Chiefs pretty much all year. Buffalo Bills at Las Vegas Raiders, I'm going Bills, they have been playing crazy good. Philadelphia Eagles at San Francisco 49ers, I'm choosing the Niners, they got this. Eagles are not that impressive. Atlanta Falcons at Green Bay Packers, I hate Green Bay more than any, any, any professional organization in any sport, but I'm going to go with the Packers because the Falcons, man. Gave up a 15-point fourth-quarter lead over the Bears last week, which, thank you, I appreciate that. The week before to the Cowboys was 15 points, squandering 31 points of advantage in the fourth quarter. Ugh, I gotta go Packers. That's it with Sport Talk. We broke down a little bit of everything. Love it. That's why we're here, right? We're also here to break down other stuff, things I'm interested, things you're interested in. I need a sound effect for the next section. Call it the deep dive. Break down some music, break down an album. Like I said, I'm always listening to something. This week has been one of my favorite MCs of all time in Nas, his newest album, King's Disease, came out August of 2020. It's a little over a month old, but I wanted to listen to it, check it out. And it was pretty good, I mean, He has always been one of the best lyricists. The way he can put stories together, the way he can make you feel something. I am a white man my whole life. I've been white, believe it or not, it wasn't just happened yesterday, been my whole life. And makes you feel like involved or together with a cause, even if it really doesn't affect you, but it does because we're all human beings, we're all in the same society. You just makes you feel certain ways, opens up your mind, your perspective of life and how things go. And I would like to say I've always had an open mind and see from different angles and different minds. I've been all over this country. I have friends of every ethnicity. I have been myself in awesome places to live at. I have been in awful places to live at. I have pretty much seen a little bit of everything but I haven't lived it every single day of my life like other people. I haven't been in every place in the country. I haven't been in those situations and held that way or oppressed in a way that he is rapping about sometimes. There are a few songs on King's Disease where he dives into that and what is going on in our country right now. We are seeing the results not the end results, but the results of oppression. The results of things that are happening. We are seeing the protest. We are seeing the world kind of flip upside down because there needs to be change. I do like party rap. I do like rap or music that you put on when you're drinking beers and chilling with your friend that just makes you feel good. But to have music that is saying something that speaks to your conscience, that speaks to that human being aspect that we all have because we're all human beings and have brains and have hearts and have a mind and we think and we feel and we have emotions. That's why I've always liked Nas. And he kills it on this album with not just his words and his stories, but also with the production. Hitboy, who produced most of the album, probably gave Nas his best beats to rap on that he's ever had, to be completely honest with you. I own every Nas album, have them all liked and starred on my Spotify. I have a Nas Spotify playlist. These are some of the best beats that he has ever been on, ever, ever, ever been on. So you got lyrical mastermind with the production that we like in music now that makes us bob our head, that makes us want to turn it back on. So maybe more people start listening to Nas's messages because of the beats. I don't know if that's really going to happen, for sure, for sure, but it would be awesome. What's also kind of cool is Nas is 47 years old. He's not a young man. And Rat, for the most part, is a young man's game, but he's still got it. He is definitely still got it. And he didn't sound like an old man, like a fossil, like a dinosaur. He sounded like somebody living right now, doing things right now, wasn't sitting back in a rocking chair. Like, oh, back in my time. No, he didn't sound like that at all. No, not at all. He's here. He's with you. He's with me. He's with us. Talking about our lives and how our society is and what's going on. My favorite tracks on the album. First is 10 Points by Nas. I loved 10 Points. Beat was cool. And it just talks about, you know, people telling you, you're not going to be able to do this. You're not going to be able to do that and having to fight for it, and get it, and go take it. Great message, hopefully younger people that have not went through any adversity hear this, so when it does happen, they're ready. They're fighting for what they believe in, their causes, or financial gain, or whatever, that kind of amp you up, like, hey, this is my life, my only life, I'm gonna take what I want, I am going to do what I want, And not let anybody take that away from me. I have been trying to live like that my entire life. So when I heard this song, it spoke to me. I relate to it a ton. I have already listened to it probably about 30 times. And when I was listening to the album, I put it on repeat for probably a good, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes. Just to sink it in. I might do that after I'm done with this podcast too, just to re-listen. That might be a good idea. But also good songs that I liked on it. Blue Benz. Very solid, 27 summers. Blue Benz and 27 summers probably have two of the best production on it. I like the beat. Kinda hard, kinda grind out songs. I liked it, liked it. Car 85 with Charlie Wilson. That's a storytelling song is exactly what that is. Tells a story. Full circle with The Firm. It was cool having AZ, Foxy Brown, Chord Mega, Nas all back together on a track. I enjoyed that as well. So I recommend this highly. I definitely recommend it. So check out Nas's King's Disease. I am gonna put up some choices on Facebook and Twitter probably tonight or tomorrow to see what's the next album I should listen to. I mean, if I pick them all myself, I'll probably only listen to things that I wanna listen to. Maybe not just hip hop and rap because when I decided to do the deep dive, I didn't want to do that. I am going to listen to other music. But but I also have favorites in other genres of music. So I'm going to try to stay away from that, pull some randoms, put them on some polls, and see what I listen to. This intro has been a blast, but we got more good times to get to with LP Superintendent Steve Robleski. We will be back on Sunday with episode 116 with Brett Jamison. He is a basketball coach with Barrel Valley High School and Junior High. He also owns his own company, which you may have heard of before, Jameson Media Services. So make sure you check that out on Sunday. You can listen to every single episode of Edge of Your Seat Podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, and Google Music. Well, got the plugs out of the way. Got The sports talk, deep dive. I think we're ready for Steve Robleski. Until next time, peace. Schools in the Illinois Valley have been in session for a little while now. As the process has been going, I've been trying to get as many teachers, coaches, administrators to talk about how their school is going about it and new things that are happening in this COVID-19 crazy era that we're in. Today I have... LP, LaSalle, Peru, Superintendent, Steve Robleski. How's it going, Steve?
1: You know I'm doing really well, Brandon. Thanks for having me
0: on the podcast. Of course. I mean, we have worked closely together for quite a few years now, and there's some things in LP I wanted to talk about. I was like, I got to have Steve on. He's the guy to talk to.
1: As you well know, I love talking about LP High School.
0: We'll start there. You went to LP,
1: correct? I did. I did. I graduated from LP in, in 1988. Uh, interestingly enough, we have two other staff members—actually, three other staff members—here at LP. We're all the same graduating class, and so that's that's kind of a fun thing when you see a, a number of your classmates and your friends that either stayed in the area or left in the area and came back. And you know, here we are back at the alma mater, so it's just, it's been a lot of fun
0: being here. Now, were you one of those people that left and came back, or did you stick around? You no, I left. In fact, I, I often tell the story that when I when I left the community, I
1: I swore in a stack of Bibles as tall as me that when I leave, I'm never coming back. I was gone for about almost 15 years. Left the area, went went to school, went to college, and then I got my my start teaching uh, up in the Chicago suburbs. So I ended up spending uh, 12 years in various school districts in DuPage County, and then in 2005, I had an opportunity to to come back home. Um, it was just great timing for my, my family and I, and that was not going on 16 years ago now, and you know, and and absolutely loving every minute of it. Did you come to
0: LaSalle-Peru strictly or straight as a superintendent, or did you have to? Did you get another job and then work your way up to that?
1: Yeah, yeah. So when I, when I came back to LP, I was hired as the curriculum director, and so I was uh, in that administrative role for uh, six years. And then from there, I moved into, into the superintendency, and this is I'm starting my 10th my year as uh, a superintendent. Prior to that, though, I decided to serve as a teacher, uh was department chair, assistant principal, principal, and and then, of course, the opportunity to come back home. So you've done a little bit of
0: everything when it comes to the school system. You no, know, I've been very fortunate in having um,
1: some really great experiences. I think phenomenal role models, in fact, I really attribute a lot of people on my, uh, on my on my special round table that were you know saw something in me more than what I think i probably saw myself and really gave me some great opportunities to uh, stretch myself and encourage me to go back to school and I earned a couple master's degrees from the University of Illinois and finished my doctorate um, uh, a year ago. At, a year ago in May at the University of Saint Francis, and so it's been a really great journey. Like all those experiences you had, even you know, from my, my first day teaching to you know things that happened this morning. You know you're always learning and, and you're adapting. And, Making the best decisions that you can based on your prior experiences and and what's best for your organization.
0: Speaking of what's best for your organization, your school, what is LP doing with this COVID-19 crazy era that we're in? Said that before, but it is very, very crazy. How is the school going about doing things, trying to get kids educated through all this?
1: We are now almost 100% remote. We've got all our kids, except some of our the special needs programs where these are kids that are self-contained; they really need that that regular uh, connection with the teacher Not that all our other kids don't. But it's worked out well for our special needs kids to be able to get the uh, the ongoing support they need. We started a school year uh, this over a month ago, and we had two two options, two pathways that families were able to choose from. We picked a of uh, a hybrid blender approach or 100% remote. And at the start of the school year, we had about. About 85% of our kids, our families, selected the hybrid approach, in which kids would um, they actually came to school two days a week, and they were in person two days a week, and then um, every Friday it was a kind of a, a, a Google Meet or Zoom uh, class meeting that they would meet remotely with their teacher, and then on the two other days they weren't in school on session, they, they were doing their their online remote learning. <laughs> But as we got through the, almost the first two weeks of school, you know, the challenges that we started having was it's more, it was more on the management end of the growing number of kids that are on the isolation list. We had other staff members work, that work. And then when we had that first COVID uh, positive case, the whole process of having to contact Trace, you know, it became very evident that from a managerial standpoint, it was going to be <laughs> almost impossible to be able to effectively manage that, most days it's a blessing for us. But in this circumstance, it became an added challenge. That you're probably aware that we are the home, uh, we house the area career center where we have 10, 11 other high schools who send their kids to our vocational programs here. When you add in that you've got you know 10 other school districts that are now intermingling, you know, uh, with our kids as well, and then you get that positive case and that has a ripple effect to those other school districts uh, as well. And so we made a decision that we needed to tra- transition to the full remote. And our, our original reopening plan, Brandon, we had only, only set it through the end of the first quarter. We were going to reevaluate, see where we are, and hopefully we, if we could be, bring everybody back at that point. That was the hope. Um, and we're using the end of the first quarter Still, as our it's kind of our target to make a decision on whether we're going to continue in full remote or whether we'll start to come back to that that, that hybrid approach, and that first quarter ends
0: October 16. That was my next question. You beat me to the punch. I like it. <laughs> you do, you've done this before. Yeah, three times. Definitely. Obviously, you know the e-learning is cool because the students can still learn, but I still feel there's that importance of being in a classroom with your peers, with the teacher, having that hands-on experience. I see the pros and cons in both. As an educator, as a superintendent, what do you think about the process?
1: That's uh, a, a, a great question. I mean, it, 100, I'm 100% we need kids in the building. That, that's where the, the learning takes place. It's that relationship that you have between the teacher um, and, and his or her students are different than the coach you know, being able to guide and, and shape their team. I think the whole COVID environment, the remote learning, has I think it's made it even more more evident how important it is at kids in, in front of, kids and teachers in the same room. I think the distance learning and remote learning has there's places for it, but as the predominant means, this is not the ideal. I, I can't say enough for our staff. They are, to a T, they are working so hard right now. I know our teachers are working harder than they've ever worked before. Working to connect with kids, you know, in, in a Google Meets classroom. You know, if you talk to, to teachers. And you, you've been to Zoom meetings before. If you got more than 15 or 20 people, I mean, you got to go to the second page, be able to see all the other boxes that are, that are, that are in the meeting and it's, difficult to engage people, you can't really read body language, and that's a huge part of good teaching, is to be able to, to react to the kids, you know, that are in front of you. So we are all anxiously awaiting the day that we can we can get everybody, everybody back to a regular in-person
0: learning environment. That kind of alludes to my next question as well. I mean, we are all searching for that normalcy, the things that we are used to. With these change up of life that we've had through this COVID-19 coronavirus deal, do you see any long lasting details or do you see e-learning becoming sort of a staple? Maybe not all the time, you know, always remote, but do you see anything changing as we move forward? Oh yeah, I think that inevitably there's going to be things that we take from
1: this that are positive. What that exactly is going to look like, you know, it's, I think that still remains to be seen. But I, I mean, I think is I mean, one example where you, or, or I think e-learning could have a real value, it, it would be for whether it be for kids that are looking to accelerate, you know, beyond maybe the courses that we currently are able to offer here on campus, you know, that could be an opportunity for kids to be able to take advantage of other courses they wouldn't normally have been able to engage in. And likewise, too, you've got kids. In fact, we're actually doing, we, we were doing this before COVID hit. You know, we've got kids that are behind in credits. You know, for a variety of reasons, they have struggles in terms of their, their motivation for uh, school, that we offer online classes for kids to catch up on courses that, that they're behind in credits. And so I see that continuing as, as a positive use of, of, of e-learning. I
0: knew that you were the guy to ask these questions, too, because I know you've been in the meetings and had all these conversations with your own teachers and probably people from other schools. And it seems like every school is trying to do the same thing, trying to get their kids into schools. But it also seems like they're doing it a little bit different on timetables and, you know, percentages yeah. of remote and being in the classroom.
1: Yeah, I would agree. I, in, over the summertime, we organized a reopening design scene that we had administrators, all of the heads of our, of our various unions, uh, teachers and support staff that all sat around the table over a series of meetings where we ultimately arrived at the plan that we, we landed on. But, but part of that was also meeting with the superintendents and some of the principals from all of the LP elementary center districts, all our associated elementary districts. And that's one of the things we're very, very fortunate in our community is that we have a phenomenal working relationship between LP and and the elementary schools that send us their kids. And and so we we work very hard to at least start the school year with schedules that would complement each other. And for example, we make sure that the high school kids would be released before the elementary school kids, so at least that way, there, there was older brothers or sisters that could be home when the elementary school kids got out. It, it created a, a higher likelihood that there be someone home. It, it was mom and dad still out working. You know, we, uh, we're able to coordinate, continue coordinating our, our bus schedules, and uh, I know LaSalle and True Elementary, they're actually both utilizing an online program that we're using here called Edgenuity to help deliver the curriculum. It's through those kind of relationships that we have, you know, that I think that we, I value how we look at, isn't just our own school district, but we really look at how it's going to all of our families, because at the end of the day, we share all the same families. And so we're going to try and, and do our best to minimize as much as we can the impact on families. I think we hit everything from the school
0: front as students. Let's move on to the uh-huh. athlete part of student-athletes. First things first, uh-huh. I've seen your tweets, your photos of the new turf at Howard Fellow Stadium, one of my favorite places to watch football games, actually. Probably the majority of people that have been to football games high school-wise in the Illinois Valley, LP ranks among the tops, and pretty much everybody. So let's talk about that turf, and I mean, on the photo it looks awesome. What about in person?
1: Uh, It's unbelievable. I don't know how to describe it. It's a huge upgrade for our kids, for the athletes, for the marching band. I can't wait to get the... The, the little kids off and the youth football program uh, involved in there, and uh, we're excited about the other opportunities for the, 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 the you know the parks and recs in the community. And City of Purdue was just a phenomenal partner in, in this, uh, helping us get this done. And so we're you know we're looking forward to you know being able to work with them on what kind of programs that we could run and yeah, out there as well. Um, the first weekend that it was actually done. I took my son, Tyler, who was on the football team. took the a Sunday afternoon. We, we took a ride down to the uh, the stadium. and You know, I, I let him have, have a couple of his buddies meet us uh, there. And they brought us football along. And I have to tell you, Brandon, it was for about 45 minutes. I just sat there and watched them. You know, these you know, 16, 17-year-old young men that were as uh, giddy as 10-year-olds. Watching them lay on the turf, almost like making these angels in, in with the rubber pellets, kind of flipping up on, on them, it was it was pretty remarkable. The, the pride and the enthusiasm that you know at, I think something like this does for a community, in addition to just making the field safer, it's going to create more access. For all of our kids at LP, as well as other programs in the community, it's it's a win. -win. It was a great community project. I mean, a project that cost just a little over $900,000, almost $600,000 of that was raised through um, outside contributions that did not come from LP High School. So, I mean, to me, that speaks volumes, I think, of the, the level of support and relationships that we have with with our community.
0: It makes me very proud to be Cavalier. Definitely. Good stuff. I can't wait to check it out. That is for sure. And it comes at a good time too. I mean L P made the playoffs last year for for the yeah. first time in quite a few years and is that I, nice? I yeah. and I know Coach Medina is looking forward to, you know, keeping that a tradition.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, he's done a, he's done a great job, uh he and his staff and I know that there's a core group of kids are, are, are back this year, and I know that the so, last year's sophomores, this year's juniors, they've got a real talented core uh, group of kids. They've got real potential to, to make some noise. And that, that means the one downside to all of this as well is that, you know, you, you see a number of your programs continuing to improve and on the upswing, and, and then bam, all of a sudden it's like, oh, goodness gracious, you know, we've we got to adapt and modify. And, at least the IHSA I think is doing their best that they can to at least provide a season, you know, for, for the kids. So, you know, so we are, we're excited about that. And well, you, you know, not only the, the stadium that has got a major upgrade, I can't wait to get people in into the uh, into the East Gymnasium, East Building. Turf has been sort of kind of overshadowed by some of the other. Some of work that we've been doing, but we're finishing up about $8 million of, uh, of improvements to the East building in the ACC. And that building, they're not going to recognize it. You're not going to recognize it when you, when you walk in. The Eastern Mason now has a hardwood maple floor. We're, we're installing uh, bleachers. The entire building is air conditioned. We've done a complete remodel to the pool, the locker rooms, the ACC classes. It's a major upgrade in, in our facilities. I don't think I'm boasting when I say this. I think you're going to have to go to the Chicago suburbs now to find a high school with the quality facilities that that we have here at L.P. High School. So it's something that we're very proud of. I like how this process
0: is going. I have a couple questions, and then we start rolling, and you beat me to a couple, and that was another (laughs) one. I was going to be on the gym (laughs) next. And talk about the renovations in general. I know yeah. different portions of the high school, the football field, the gymnasium, all being changed. What does that mean, or how does that influence? Or you talked earlier about the energy, the you know anticipation yeah. of these kids going into these buildings and the new field. How does that feel as a school, as a community in general?
1: Oh, I just I just think it is it ramps up the pride that I think that we have for our school the pride that our kids have and the quality of the facilities that they have to, to learn and to compete, you know, and, and to develop in. It just means so much, too, that when you have fans that come from other schools, and, you know, I, there's nothing more than I that I love hearing, you know, other, other fans from visiting schools comment about how, man, I wish we had facilities like this. You know, that that, that just, to me, it just speaks volumes in schools the care that our community has, you know, for, for L.P. High School. And I think to be able to, you know, to be part of, of these it, it, it enhancements, it's it sort of thrilled my professional career, quite frankly, you know, to, to be able to to be involved in this and to know that this is going to have a lasting impact. And I think, quite frankly, for the next, you know, 30 to 40 years you know, of kids that are going to be coming through, uh, through through L.P.
0: High School. So we talked about you being an administrator and educator. And then we go to the sports side. I've seen you, you know, as a superintendent at football games, whether it was at LP or Geneseo or Sterling. You know, you always made your best effort to travel and see different kind of sporting events, not just football. When you were younger, yeah. were you an athlete and just found love for sports then, or what has made you a sports fan as you have went along your career? Yeah, I think that's a great question.
1: I, no, actually, I was – I was a kid that uh, I would have been uh, on the bench. I would have been the one going in in the last two, three minutes of the game. You know, I always had aspirations or you know, wanting to, to, to be a better athlete. and You know, but uh, I think my, my gene pool, in that, at least at that time when I was growing up, was uh, probably a little more awkward than certainly my own kids, uh, who have several of them have done and are currently doing very well uh, athletically here. But I've always been a fan, you know, and I guess that's kind of where my, my, my passion, you know, comes from, and where I, where I give my support is is being able to be there for the kids. You know, when I first started teaching, I, I coached football uh, at West Chicago High School. In kind of, most people don't really realize that about me. That was kind of a long time ago, but I still have kids, well, they're in their, in their 30s and in their early 40s now, that were my students, you know, stay connected on Facebook and that, none of them They've ever call me Dr. Oblesky or, bless or Mr. W, Mr. W. It's always coach. It's kind of a nice feel for me it keeps me connected from, you know, where I started and some of those, you know, those early experiences that I had that I, I think really, you kind know, of shaped me in terms of kind of who I am today and very more so understanding the, the, the powerful impact, positive impact that Christmas can have. And in my teaching career, I was a, I was a sister for a football coach I was a, a scholastic bowl sponsor I was a pet club advisor I helped build on on plays I announced soccer games but uh, I, I even took kids to Europe on historical tours uh, at the end of every school year for about five six years and so you no know, having when you see the impact that you as a teacher or coach can have on kids that goes beyond the classroom to me that's that kind of drives me, you know, as far as why we're always looking at what new experiences can we create for kids here at LG You know, academically first and foremost, but then as we look at the extra curriculum on the side, you know, what new things can we create that, that will be a source of inspiration for kids to help them find their voice and and help them build, build and develop their skills and, and, and their confidence in themselves.
0: Since you go to all these different sports events, do you have some favorites sports that you like above the others?
1: You no, know, I really don't. I mean, I, I, I guess I wouldn't qualify that. Any sport that my kid is playing is always my favorite sport. Whether it's the football season, the basketball season, or track and field, towns on the court or on the on the, on the field, you know that's that's my favorite one right there. But but no, I I, I love going to the pressure events. You know, I I love. You know, traveling to all the different schools, and part of it, too, I mean, I, do, I love going out and, and, and sharing on our teams, but I also know that it means a lot for kids and for family members to be able to see the superintendent of the school, you know, taking a, a real active interest And in, you know, my wife and I often, you know, she'll often come along with me to, to various events, too, so it's a nice opportunity for us to spend time together, it's a lot of window time and a lot of going through Culver's. <laughs> uh, or knowing that, you know, you've got certain venues that are famous for their either their pork chops or, or hamburgers. You know, Geneseo and Otto always have got really good concessions. So always always love going over there for their meals. Of course, uh, I think we, we provide some really, really good meals here at Howardville
0: Stadium. I just love supporting our kids. That's a well-rounded answer. We got some sports in there, we got some family in there, and we got some food in there. That was well-rounded. So you talked about all kinds of high school sports, what you did when you were younger, your career now. You know, if you're a sports fan, you're usually trying to pay attention to some national sports. Are you a sports fan on the pro level as well?
1: The one sport that I absolutely will not miss is is professional golf. I love staying in tune with what uh, Phil Mickelson is doing. I've been thrilled to see the resurgence of Tiger uh, back onto a competitive level. Love Dustin Johnson and seeing what he's doing right now. I think part of it, too, is that probably in the last three or four years, I have really gotten serious myself about playing golf. You know, it's fun when, you, when you're out in the course and... and you know, at least maybe once or twice in the course of an 18-hole game, if right, I, you know, get that one shot, that makes me feel like, holy cow, I, I know what they, what, I, I get a sense of what it's like every time they swing the club. That's fun for me, and I think it's about being outside and the fresh air. And the thing that I love most about golf is that it's really, it's a game against yourself. It's, I'm not competing against anybody else, but I'm trying to get better with every swing that I take.
0: Never been a golfer myself, been to the driving range plenty of times, mini-golf, but not even attempted nine holes, more or less 18.
1: (laughs) It's a brutal game. There are days that I come home and I think, oh my gosh, why am I wasting my money on this? But then the next time I go out, I always try to break 50 for every nine holes. And if I can do that, I, I feel like I'm making progress. There you go. What's your handicap? You know what, uh, that's
0: one score I've never, I've never kept track of. That's probably a good idea. Cause I for know, obvious reasons,
1: absolutely, for obvious reasons.
0: <laughs> I respect golf, don't get me wrong. I respect the heck out of it. I know it takes a lot of mental power just as much as physical power and knowing how to swing a club, no doubt about that. Yeah, for sure on that, for sure on that. Do you pay attention to anything else, football, basketball, baseball?
1: Well, particularly the college levels, um, and that's really kind of where my heart really lies when it comes to athletics and anything related to the the Fighting Illini. That uh, I'm very very much in tune with that. In fact, my my son Tyler, um, we set a goal when he was in fifth grade that by the time that he graduates from high school, that we want to be able to follow the Illini, whether it's basketball or football, to all of the uh, see them play at all of the away Big Ten schools and um, we're about halfway through the list so we gotta kind of crank it up into gear right now but probably the coolest trip that we recently made was this back in February thankfully before Everything with COVID really broke. Um, we flew out to, uh, to New Jersey, and we saw the Illini uh, play Rutgers at Rutgers, and unfortunately, we lost that game. Uh, but it was just a, what a thrilling weekend to be out there. When it's with your, your son, it just makes it that much more special. And then we capped we the weekend off, the long weekend off. We took a, uh, an Uber ride over to Manhattan, and we spent a couple days in, in Manhattan and toured New York City. So that was that was an awesome weekend. That sounds like a lot of fun yeah
0: it was it was i could have fit in your luggage bag you know
1: you know why several people had shared that with me as well that they happily have squeezed themselves into that
0: (laughs) yeah i gotta quit saying that because it's a normal thing to say now i gotta think of something original (laughs) since we're by chicago any chicago team affiliations
1: yeah, I mean, for sure the Cubs have been a lifelong Bears fan uh, as well. Uh, I hope that the, uh, the Bears can kind of get it back on track this year. It was nice to see them, you know, pull that out against uh, the Lions for the first game. But, you know, I think the true test is certainly uh, it's forthcoming
0: and not necessarily the Lions. No. When you're down 21-3 to the Lions going into the fourth quarter, yes, it's awesome that Mitchell Trubisky. Threw for three touchdowns and you know we won twenty seven. Was it twenty seven uh, twenty three? 23 Yeah, something like that. Hey, you know that's awesome. That's amazing. But to be down like that to the Lions, that's saying something also.
1: Well, I know cause if that was against um, the Packers or the Vikings. I I don't think the the same outcome would have resulted. Maybe we'll uh, we'll be surprised this year. I hope we are. I hope we are.
0: Before I let you go, we've spent a lot of time talking about all kinds of awesomeness. Let's play an awesome game called Hot Potato. Are you ready for this?
1: I'm ready for it.
0: All right, I'll give you four to five pairs, and you pick which one of the two options I give you that you like the best. All right, I'm ready. All right, let's do this. We're talking about golf. We have to start here. Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson. Phil Mickelson. LP colors, green or red? Oh, you got to go with red just because it's the first one in the order. We were talking about Illinois. I can't really pick two football teams, so I'm going to go basketball teams. The late 80s, early 90s team with Kendall Gill, Nick Anderson, or the 2005 team that made it to the NCAA championship with Darren Williams? Oh, I got to go Darren Williams and Dee Brown. Oh, that was such a great team. Yes,
1: it was. And I, maybe more so because I saw, I saw those guys play. And, in fact, I saw Dee Brown play as a high school student, so that makes it more fun for me.
0: So you got a little bias. that's okay. A little bit, a little bit. It's hot potato, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Pepsi or Coke? Hot uh, Coke. Subway or Jimmy John's? Jimmy John's. I almost agree with you on all of them, almost. I'd go Tiger, but otherwise. <laughs> well, that's, that's a close one. And that Illinois team that we're talking about with Darren Williams and Dee Brown, that was my freshman year of college.
1: Oh, how exciting then, for, for you. So that was amazing. Yeah, that is. Well, I, I was actually an assistant principal at Hinsdale South High School when Dee Brown was uh, playing at Proviso East. Proviso East and Hinsdale South were in the same athletic conference. And I'll tell you, I'll never forget that uh, Proviso East was at South, and, and they were putting a clinic on us. And Dee Brown was just lighting it up. And I'll never forget this. It was probably in the third quarter. and It was before the coach eventually took him out. And he had a breakaway. And he thought, okay, he's going to dunk in you know, and do something kind of cool. But one of our kids caught him and fouled him before he could make the basket. All of a sudden, I heard this, this this loud swell of boos, and I turn around. Who's booing? Our own fans because they wanted to see what he was going to do next. It was one of the most uh, funny funniest, funniest experiences I've ever had. That's super crazy. You know, no, we booing.
0: I know. I know wow wow well that's a great story to wrap up this conversation hopefully we can have you back just want to say thank you Mr. Robleski for spending some time with us and chatting with edge of your Seat podcast
1: oh you're very welcome Brandon it's always good talking to you